RTHK, the news at one with Barry O'Rourke. The headlines, a medical advisor to the government says the mask-wearing mandate could be removed in phases starting from next month. Government data shows that local home prices have fallen by 15.6% in the past year, their steepest decline since 1998. And an asteroid the size of a minibus makes one of the closest approaches to Earth ever recorded. A medical expert advising the government on its COVID strategy, Professor Lau Yu Long, says the mask-wearing mandate could be removed in phases starting from next month. He told an RTHK programme that authorities should start relaxing the rule at places with lower risk of infection. We can start with people outdoors where there's no big gathering, but keep it for large-scale events like concerts with 10,000 participants. That's two steps. For indoor places, of course it has to be maintained for the time being at high-risk places like hospitals, clinics or elderly care homes. Government data shows that local home prices have fallen by 15.6% in the past year, the steepest decline since 1998, when prices plunged by almost a third. Figures from the Rating and Valuation Department show it was also the first annual fall since 2008, the year of the global financial crisis. December home prices dropped by 2% from the previous month, falling for the seventh straight month. Peter Churchhouse from Portwood Capital says he expects the reopening of Hong Kong's borders with the mainland to boost transactions volumes and eventually prices. I think also we're going to see interest rates will probably peak out sometime during this year. So my sense is that we're going to see volumes of transactions pick up and we may see in the first half of this year a little more downside on pricing. But my expectation is that the pricing will probably bottom by the end of the first half and we may see a sort of a U-shaped recovery starting from the middle of this year. Firefighters put out a blaze in a village in Tun Wan this morning. Around 100 people were evacuated from their homes after the fire broke out in Wang Lung Tun just after 4 o'clock. Two people were sent to Yan Chai Hospital for treatment and the fire was extinguished at around 7 o'clock. Turning overseas, the International Criminal Court is resuming its investigation into the war on drugs waged by the former Philippine president, Rodrigo Duterte, which is believed to have killed thousands of people. The court said it wasn't satisfied that the Philippines has undertaken relevant investigations. The BBC's Will Leonardo has more. The International Criminal Court's original probe was opened in 2021, but was swiftly put on hold after Manila requested a deferral. The Hague-based court now says promised domestic investigations that were the basis of that request have fallen short. Mr Duterte came to power in 2016, exporting across the Philippines a brutal style of countering drugs trafficking he'd honed while mayor of Davao City. While Mr Duterte has denied reports of police death squads, the government's own figures say more than 6,000 people have died. The Japanese government says it's reviewing the use of official vehicles following reports that the Prime Minister's eldest son used embassy cars to go on sightseeing and shopping trips during visits to London and Paris. Shotaro Kishida became his father's executive secretary last October. Relatives of some of the 346 people killed in two Boeing 737-MAX plane crashes in Indonesia and Ethiopia four years ago have been in court in Texas to confront representatives of the aircraft maker. The company is due to be arraigned on criminal charges despite a settlement with the US Justice Department that gave Boeing immunity from prosecution. The BBC's Samira Hussain has more. 
The families never agreed to this settlement that Boeing had struck with the Department of Justice. Boeing had to pay two and a half billion dollars in fines, but that wasn't enough for family members who believed that they just basically walked away and families never got any justice. So what's important about this particular court case is this is the first time that Boeing is going to be arraigned in a court and they will have to enter a plea of guilty or not guilty. Boeing pleaded not guilty to a fraud conspiracy felony charge. An asteroid the size of a minibus has made one of the closest approaches to our planet ever recorded, passing just 3,600 kilometres from the Earth's surface. That's much closer than many satellites orbit currently. But the US space agency NASA said the asteroid posed no danger. It passed the southern tip of South America shortly after 8am Hong Kong time. Ukraine has again come under attack from Russian drones and missiles a day after Germany and the United States agreed to supply it with modern tanks. The mayor of Kiev said one person had been killed and two wounded in a strike on a non-residential building. Energy facilities were also hit. Yuri Sak is an advisor to Ukraine's defense minister. We are now the target of, I think this is number 13, massive missile strike. Overnight, there have been launches of 24 Shahed Iranian drones. They've been all downed by Ukrainian Air Force units. And since morning, we've had the missile strikes. Missiles are being intercepted, some of them by our air defense capabilities. Canada has promised to send Ukraine four German-made tanks in the coming weeks. Making the announcement at a news conference in Ottawa, the Defence Minister Anita Anand said Canada would help train Ukrainian troops to operate the Leopard 2 tanks. These tanks will allow Ukraine to liberate even more of its territory and defend its people from Russia's brutal invasion. These four tanks are combat-ready, and will be deployed over the coming weeks. We will also deploy a number of Canadian Armed Forces members to train Ukrainian soldiers with the skills they need. Israel says it's carried out airstrikes against Palestinian militants in Gaza after two rockets were fired into Israel. Both were intercepted by Israeli air defence systems. The scale of the bombing in Gaza is not yet clear. Palestinian groups had said they would retaliate for an Israeli army raid in the occupied West Bank, which killed nine Palestinians. Israel said the raid in Jenin targeted members of the Islamic Jihad group who were planning an attack. The U.S. Justice Department says it shut down a prolific ransomware operation named Hive, which had targeted over 1,500 victims worldwide, extorting over 100 million U.S. dollars. The BBC's James Clayton has more. We hacked the hackers. That's how the FBI has described an operation which appears to have taken down one of the most notorious global hacker groups. News of the takedown first leaked on Thursday morning when Hive's website was replaced with a flashing message that said the FBI has seized this site as part of a coordinated law enforcement action taken against Hive ransomware. Hive targeted international businesses, encrypting their data and demanding massive cryptocurrency payments in return. The FBI said the group had targeted 1,500 organizations and its intervention has thwarted about 130 million dollars in ransom payments. 
The U.S. authorities have charged five former police officers with the murder of a black man in Memphis, Tennessee. Tyree Nichols died three days after he was stopped for an alleged traffic violation. Mr. Nichols' family was shown body cam video footage ahead of its release later today. Lawyers said he was kicked, punched and tasered close to his home. The officers, who were also black, were fired last week. The civil rights activist Al Sharpton gave this reaction to the killing. For this young man to be beaten to death by five police is horrendous, inexcusable and intolerable. But even adding to that, that these are five black cops, we fought to put blacks on the police force. And for them to act in such a brutal way is more egregious than I could tell you. It's the latest case of apparent police brutality to cause anger in America. Fearing a violent backlash once the video is released, President Biden, along with senior Memphis police commanders, has called for calm. The U.S. economy recorded another quarter of strong growth at the end of 2022, but momentum appears to be slowing. Gross domestic product was up almost 3%, but retail sales are weakening, as last year's increases in interest rates put the brakes on consumer demand. The BBC's Michelle Fleury reports. The American economy grew at a faster rate than expected in the final three months of last year. The strong job market allowed consumers to continue spending money on services such as travel and eating out, despite rising interest rates. Consumer spending, which accounts for two-thirds of all economic activity, grew at a 2.1% rate. Yet that performance is unlikely to be repeated this year after the Federal Reserve, America's central bank, raised a key U.S. interest rate to a 15-year high in an effort to tame the worst inflation in 40 years. Meanwhile, the South Korean economy has contracted for the first time in two and a half years. Government figures show GDP in the final three months of 2022 went down 0.4% from the previous quarter, leading the first decline since the second quarter of 2020 was a 5.8% drop in exports. But it was a different story for the Philippines, which posted 7.2% economic growth in the October to December period. GDP growth for the entire year reached 7.6%, topping the government's target. Officials say robust consumer spending helped to offset higher prices in the country. New research indicates that data on shopping habits for over-the-counter medicines could help to pinpoint early signs of ovarian cancer. A six-year study of almost 300 British women found that changing trends in the purchase of pain and indigestion remedies could, also, could occur up to eight months before a formal diagnosis. Fiona Murphy, who helped to develop the study, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer in 2008 after experiencing symptoms for almost two years. I was experiencing quite severe acid reflux, bloatedness, persistent needing to go to the toilet, but really quite gastro symptoms, not something that I would have thought was gynae related at all. And as much as the symptom awareness is fantastic, if we can be monitored by our over-the-use counters. My diagnosis, if that was used, would definitely have been brought forward. To sport, and we begin with football and the Copa del Rey Madrid derby. Karim Benzema and Vinicius Junior scored an extra time to give Real a 3-1 win at the Bernabeu. Alvaro Morata had given Atletico an early lead, but a second-half equaliser from Rodrigo extended the game for Real, who came through in extra time. They joined Barcelona, Osasuna and Atletic Bilbao in Monday's semi-final draw. 
It's men's semi-final day at the Australian Open Tennis. The third seed, Stefano Tsitsipas of Greece, is currently up against Russia's Karen Kachanov. Tsitsipas took the first set on a tie-break. Later on, nine-time champion Novak Djokovic plays the unseeded American Tommy Paul. Meanwhile, Elena Rybakina says the experience of winning Wimbledon has made her a stronger player. Rybakina has her eyes on a second major as she prepares for tomorrow's women's singles final against Arina Zabalenka. Yeah, super happy to be in the final and ready to give everything I have left. Uh, for me, this time, I would say it was a bit easier also compared to Wimbledon when I was playing for the first time, quarter, semis, final. Everything was new at Wimbledon. Now I more or less understand what to expect. And uh, uh, it's nervous no matter what because it's a final also and semis. you always nervous before the match. But this time, I think I was focusing more on the, on the match, what I have to do, and maybe not to think uh, what's going to come or what's going to happen around and and so on i think i just need to keep on doing the same thing and uh, no matter the conditions uh, today i know how it feels to play in the evening outside so with an open roof so um, i get this uh, match and i try to to take everything from this match and bring it to the to the final zabalenka says she'll prepare for her first grand slam final the same way she would for any other match I'm not going to do something extra, you know, like I think um, like that's that's OK to feel a little bit nervous. It's it's a, it's a big tournament, a big final. And if you're going to start trying to do something about that, it's going to become bigger, you know. So I'll just leave it like that. That's that's OK to feel feel nervous and about the match. Um, yeah, she's she's playing great tennis, ser- serving well. So I have to be, um, I just have to be there and um, have to, again, work for it and uh, put her under pressure. It's not going to be easy much, you know. And uh, but I'm just happy that I I made this like next step, you know. I know that I have to I have to work for that title. In badminton, Hong Kong's Angus Ong is through to the quarterfinals at the Indonesia Masters, the SAR World Number no. 18. World Number no. 18 came from a set down to stun the second-seeded Malaysian Li Zin Jia in a contest that lasted over an hour. Ong is trying to make up for back-to-back first-round exits. He plays Japan's Kanta Tsunayama today for a place in the semis. And to the weather, it'll be mainly cloudy, dry and cool. Sunny periods during the day, but temperatures will drop from about 17 degrees to 13 degrees, a couple of degrees lower in the new territories tonight. Moderate fresh to northerly winds. And the outlook, it'll stay fine and dry, but colder still in the next few days. It'll be 10 degrees in town and a few degrees lower in the new territories over the weekend. The current temperature at the observatory is 16 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity, 36%. Please be advised. Advised the red fire danger warning is in force. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A medical advisor to the government says the mask wearing mandate could be removed in phases starting next month. And government data shows that local home prices have fallen by 15.6% over the past year, their steepest decline since 1998. That's all the news from RTHK. Cheers, Barry. This is The Brew with James Roth through Tell 2. And we'll have more on the Aussie Open with Danny Hicks in about 15 minutes from now.
We were talking about Tom Cruise earlier on with James Marsh. What's the link with this song? Can you remember? Yes, it is a movie. It's a Martin Scorsese movie, in fact. Um, it was written uh, for The Colour of Money, uh, Paul Newman and Tom Cruise as pool sharks back in the day. Uh, 1986 was the day, uh, actually, and um, Eric Clapton wrote that. It's in the way that you do it. Um, or even, it's in the way that you use it. He wrote it with uh, Robbie Robertson of The Band. Oh, there's your musical facts for the hour. Store those up. And you'll never need them again. <laughs> 